It's early morning at the Tsukiji Fish Market in Tokyo. This historic location has been around for more than eight decades, held its final seafood auction on October 6, 2018. At the center of it all is Yukitaka Yamaguchi, also known as the King of Tuna. He started selling tuna with his father 37 years ago, and over the years has built quite a reputation. During the final auction at Tsukiji, he lived up to his name by winning the bid for a 405-kilogram bluefin tuna for the price of 323,000 US dollars. For the same price, he could buy a small house or even a luxury car. Yukitaka Yamaguchi supplies the highest quality of tuna to over 1,000 restaurants all over the world, and he's considered the best at what he does. Decades of experience and his commitment to excellence is key to the success of his tuna wholesale company, Yamayuki. Today, he has expanded to other ventures, such as fish processing and distribution, and in 2017 opened their first restaurant in Azabujuban district in Tokyo. And that's it, it's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. And I want my damn respect too. Those were the words of LeBron James after he was handed his fourth championship and finals MVP trophies. At 35 years old, it's hard not to give him the respect he deserves and it doesn't even matter if you're a fan or not. The best high school player on the planet and the probable number one pick in this coming summer's NBA draft, LeBron As an 18-year-old NBA rookie straight out of high school, expectations were high for LeBron James. They knew he was destined for greatness, and so far has more than exceeded expectations. But what most people take for granted is that at his age, at this stage in his career, he is still performing at an elite level. He has broken numerous records and at age 35, led the league in assists and just won his fourth championship. But perhaps what's most impressive about him is how he sustained his excellence throughout his career. When most players his age are either modest role players or already out of the league. From a Japanese tuna wholesaler to an American NBA superstar, two completely different worlds, but share the same language of excellence. What is the secret to their success? How do you sustain excellence? Hey, how's it going, everyone? And welcome to episode six, Sustaining Excellence. I'm your host, Jed Mangera, and welcome once again to So You Think You Can Lead. I've heard people say it over and over again over the course of my life. It's hard to make it to the top, but it's even harder to stay on top. I've always wondered why. Why is it much harder for us to 
maintain our success? Why is it harder for us to sustain our success? But as we all know, especially for those who've had an experience of a short burst or a glimpse of success only to see it fizzle away, it really is not that easy. In this episode, we're going to talk about sustaining excellence and how we can sustain excellence not only in our organizations, but more importantly, in our own lives. There are two kinds of musicians in the world, those who endure and those who are one-hit wonders. If you like music, I've always wondered what happened to Gautier, the guy who sang Somebody That I Used To Know, if you're familiar with that song, which was a global hit. I love that song. And now, a couple of years after he released that global hit, he's just, well, somebody that we used to know. <laughs> well, kidding aside, there's been countless stories of one-hit wonders of successful people from different industries, whether it's business, sports, Hollywood, music, who can't seem to hold on to their success. Now, I know that this is a leadership podcast, and it is important for us leaders to understand the concept of sustained excellence, because if you want to sustain excellence in your organization, the most important thing as a leader is to set the tone, or in other words, to lead by example. It may seem simple, right? But as leaders, we can't expect excellence, let alone demand excellence across the board, if we ourselves cannot adhere to that. If you'd look at successful organizations all over the world, they share one thing in common, and that's always an excellent leader who leads by example. One of the best qualities of LeBron James as an NBA player is that in any team that he ends up with, he always seems to make players around him so much better. Well, aside from being one of the best passers in the league and also the smartest, he also shows up every single night for his team. He always performs at the highest level possible. So he can demand the same effort from the players around him. Yukitaka Yamaguchi, the Tuna King, the other person that we featured in the first part of the episode, you know, he barely sleeps more than three to four hours per night. He shows up to his shop every single day, committed and ready to work. He's been doing it for 37 years. And not only that, he's been doing it in a highly competitive industry that demands the highest of standards. Now imagine supplying to the top restaurants all over the world. Of course, you can't just be doing things half-hearted. You always have to adhere to excellent standards every single time. And of course, the result for Yukitaka Yamaguchi and his company speaks for itself. Leading by example is a great start to sustain excellence in an organization. Because by leading by example, you are establishing the foundation of excellence. But again, to sustain excellence, it's also important for you to establish a culture. As a business, this is how you build a strong following, or as they call it, brand love. If you've managed to stay at a five-star hotel, for example, you notice how across the board from the receptionist, the hotel lobby staff, room service personnel, even the parking attendant are all extremely polite and professional. And although this may fly over the head of some people, it is those subtle things that when put together, contribute to the overall culture of any organization. Another thing worth noting, of course, when it comes to culture is that culture is caught and not 
taught. Well, for the most part, it is caught, sometimes taught. But in any organization, if you want everyone to get on board, especially new employees or in a nonprofit organization like JCI, if you have new members you want to get on board, you need to show them your culture. You need to show them that you're upholding the standards of excellence. And if you do that, newcomers will pick up the experience firsthand. And that could be, for them, either a good experience or a bad one. So it's really up to you. And of course, in any organization, whether it's a business or a nonprofit organization, the people or human capital are the most important resource. And we talked about leading by example. We talked about establishing a culture of excellence. But in order to accomplish these things effectively, as a leader, you need to empower people. I've heard um, someone talk about how excellence usually gets watered down as it goes down the management line. And I remember this party game called Pass the Message, you know, how they have a couple of people lined up and then you have to pass a message from the person from at the end of the line to the person um, in front of the line. And by the time the message reaches the first person in line, there would be some words missing or some words would be mispronounced because the longer the line is, the more, you know, communication gets distorted. And the same thing could happen when it comes to sustaining excellence or building a culture of excellence. Because again, as you know, as you go down the management line, if people in lower management or leadership positions are not capable or empowered enough to uphold the standards of excellence, then you're going to have a hard time. So as a leader, it's important for you to empower people across uh, different management positions so that you can ensure that the standard of excellence is being upheld you know, in, in the different departments or in different sectors of your organization. We also have to understand that, again, as I mentioned earlier, human capital is the most important resource if you're trying to establish culture. And unless your core values and goals are inherent in people across the board, then it would be quite difficult to sustain excellence. One way to achieve this is to develop people, you know, make them feel important, make them feel that they're responsible and their contributions, whether big or small, are vital to the achievement to the organization's goals. Now, we talked about, although quite briefly, the important principles when it comes to sustaining excellence in an organization. But again, this podcast is not just about how we can lead organizations or businesses or companies, but more importantly, how we can lead the most important organization of all, which is our own lives. Now, let's talk about how you can sustain excellence for your personal goals, for yourself, right? Don't get me wrong. The reason why I'm discussing this topic is not because I've been perfect nor have I sustained excellence myself. Um, for, for most of us, including myself, it is a continuous battle. But it's important for us to acknowledge our shortcomings so that we understand exactly what we need to improve on. One of the deterrents to us in sustaining excellence are some of the roadblocks Right? The roadblocks are the reasons that prevent us from, from being consistent in pursuing our goals. For a period of time around uh, last year, um, I, there was a time that I would wake up as early as 4 o'clock in the morning. So I could go exercise, I could work out or play basketball. And I was able to do that for a month. And then after a month, I reverted back to my old habits. And um, I wasn't able to be consistent with it. Although, you know, waking up at four in the morning every single day 
and starting off your day with a workout is helpful. It makes you productive, right? It puts you on the road to success or excellence. But how come after a month, even though there are benefits like that, I wasn't able to sustain that for myself? It's because I reverted to old habits, right? And the moment we revert back to our old habits, that's when the problems usually start, right? Things may seem easier when it's new, when you're starting out. We always feel that sudden burst of motivation when we start. You know, it's no secret that gym memberships skyrocket around January, and most of them don't even renew their memberships after a month or two. People who start fad diets usually fall off after the first week, and then they're back to their old eating habits. So it's important for us to understand our triggers, or important for us to understand you know, our old habits that we need to stay away from in order to keep ourselves on track. Another thing that um, prevents us from staying on top if we ever get to make it on top is our arrogance or pride. If you allow yourself to, or your success to get to your head real quick, it is a recipe for a disaster. You know, it gives you a false sense of success and it makes you think that you're more successful than you actually are. People who succeed for the very first time are more prone to this. And I'm pretty sure that most of us have experienced it before, right? When you finally get that promotion, you don't work as hard as before. When you win employee of the month, all of a sudden, you know, you're not working as hard anymore because you feel entitled. Sometimes you feel the need to celebrate and you end up celebrating too much, right? And it's important for you to detach yourself from your accomplishments. You know, look at the bigger picture, right? Don't rest on your laurels for too long. I remember when I used to play basketball back in college, our coach would always remind us that we're only as good as our last game. It's a good reminder, you know, if you played bad because you know that you always have the next game to look forward to and do better. It's also a good reality check if you played extremely well because none of that matters once it's time to play again. In our work or in our personal lives, we tend to put too much value on our success and we end up basking in it for too long. You know, as I've mentioned earlier, we, ha- we may have one employee of the month or top salesperson of the year. And instead of using that as motivation to do even better, we end up using that as an excuse to slack off and feel more important than we actually are. In today's highly competitive workplace, we have to understand that everyone is trying to do their best. You know, in your workplace, every employee is trying to do your best. If you're running a business, you know, your competitors, they're always trying to do their best. For, you know, for, for any type of organization that has some sort of competition, you know, your competitors are always trying to do their best, right? They're always trying to get the recognition that they feel they deserve. So don't rest on your laurels for too long. Don't celebrate too long because someone is out there and trying to snatch it from you every single time. The key to a successful organization is not the success that is being enjoyed right now, right? It's not the success that you are enjoying at present. The key to a successful organization is how long that organization can sustain that success, can sustain its excellence, and uphold these standards. It's easy for things to get into our heads and make us think 
that we're more successful than than we really are, as I've mentioned earlier. So don't allow that to happen to you. Keep yourself motivated and look at the bigger picture. Success, winning, excellence, these are not destinations, but instead a daily habit and a continuous journey in the pursuit of our dreams. Thank you for tuning in to So You Think You Can Lead. Whether you are a part of JCI or not, I hope this podcast can be a safe space for you to learn new things and think outside the box to be of service to others. Join me again next time as we continue to find ways to create positive change in our communities. If you like this episode, please don't forget to subscribe and share. Once again, this has been Jed Mangera, the 2020 president of JCI Depa. I'll see you again soon.